Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world, and wherever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Today is Thursday, so that can only mean one thing. Today we are talking some AEW and some AEW Dynamite. So lots to get to over the next couple of weeks. We got AEW Double or Nothing coming up in just two weeks. We also have um, AEW All In coming up this summer. There's a lot of hype, a lot of build, even towards that being in Wembley Stadium. Um, there's always there's all been this talk of with of. Uh, Ticket sales and all that good jazz as well. And, of course, you have NXT Battleground. They're going to be going head-to-head -head with AEW. And, of course, you have WWE side of things uh, with Night of Champions in Saudi Arabia. So, speaking of NXT, before we do get into AEW Dynamite, because uh, there is a lot to get to, especially in regards to this main event that happened last night. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about NXT for a second as, as we have been doing over the past number of months. Um, so WWE NXT, they are now in the middle of a, another tournament. Just just what we need, Brian. It's just another freaking tournament. Yeah. I expressed my uh, my thoughts and, and my uh, you know takes about just tournaments in general, especially in regards to the World Heavyweight Championship um, over in WWE on the main roster. And now you're here. Now you're doing the same thing over in NXT. Of course, NXT mm -hmm. or NXT champion, your former NXT champion, uh, Indy Hartwell. She has relinquished that title because well, two reasons. Number one, she was drafted over to Monday night raw. And number two, she is dealing with a, 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 a an injury as of right now. Uh, how severe is it? Um, we really don't really even know. <laughs> um, yeah. so we'll, we'll see how, uh, how that takes place for Indy Hartwell as she was in like a small backstage segment on Monday Night Raw with The Way, with Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Dexter Loomis, and the whole crew. Um, so we'll see uh, in regards to Indy Hartwell's conditions to see how she is doing. Um, but yeah, she has relinquished that title, and there is now a women's title tournament. Now, I know, Brian, I know you haven't been able to keep up with NXT as much, so I'm going to go over this uh, this bracket as some of these matches. There were some first-round singles matches that did happen this past Tuesday. Uh, one of them was Gigi Dolan and, and Tiffany Stratton. Uh, Tiffany Stratton legit beat Gigi Dolan uh, clean. Uh, so legit center in the ring with that beautiful freaking moonsault. Again, it, uh, you know we talk about freaking Io Shirai, Io Sky's moonsault being freaking money like guys go and check out tiffany stratton's moonsault i'm telling you mm -hmm. you will not be disappointed this uh, her moonsault is just as good as hers um seriously so she moves on and wins this match um and then you have um over on that same side of the bracket you have jc jane and roxanne perez now i was thinking you know like jc jane could make a good case to become nxt women's champion she's honestly one of the hottest things in nxt right now especially in regards to the main roster, but especially Gigi Dolan losing, you would think that JC Jane is probably going to do the same thing, especially when they're continuing this feud that they have uh, with one another. So that'll probably um, settle with Roxanne Perez and Tiffany Stratton in the semifinals. And then all over on the other side, 
you have Kiana James and I hope I'm pronouncing this woman's name right. Uh, Valkyria, uh, Valkyria or something like that. That's her last name. Again, I apologize for botching her name. Uh, but she moved on into the semifinals in a singles match. And then you have Cora Jade and Fallon Henley. Again, I hope I'm also pronouncing that name right as well. Um, so I'm sure I, I honestly expect Cora Jade to win that as well, especially the way that she's been booked as of late. Um, and especially, I'm sure they also, NXT wants to kind of promote a little bit of a rematch between those two, between Cora Jade, between Cora Jade and, uh, and Valkyria. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, those, that is your, your participants in this tournament. So Brian, I'll send this off to you before we get into an, the next topic with NXT here. Uh, your thoughts with, uh, um, on these, uh, women in NXT, who do you think is going to win this tournament and who do you think is best suited to hold on? to that NXT women's title right now. So uh, having not watched it the last two weeks, um, I know two weeks ago I did see uh, Stratton in a match, and yeah, yeah, she's definitely a contender. She looked good. Um, but you did say that uh, Roxanne Perez won her match, right? So she did not win her match. Her, their, so oh, their Roxanne match Perez lost, week. okay. Yeah, so their match is going to be next week, but that's and that's what I mean. Like, um, you know, Assuming that she's going to win the match because Gigi Dolan lost her match, which was this past Tuesday. So again, kind of just putting two and two together because I doubt that they're going to put two heels in a semifinals match with Stratton and J.C. Jane. So that's so that's what I mean about Roxanne Perez. Even though yes, she's going to face J.C. Jane, that match hasn't happened yet. Uh, gotcha. But if, if you were to put two and two together, you would kind of think that Roxanne Perez is probably going to move on into the second into the semifinal of this, of this championship bracket. So yeah, so that there, that that's the clarification there. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, the whole women's title picture down there, like I even question with, you know, with Indy's call, you know, her call up. Yeah. I mean, yes, she got injured and that was unfortunate timing, but like we had mentioned, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I would imagine that, you know, the, the writers, the staff, Vince, Triple H, whoever, would have had in the plans for at least some substantial amount of time that they were going to call India. up. Um, and we know the way the, the belt uh, came off of Roxanne Perez to begin with. Um, so it, it almost feels like this was like going to happen regardless if Indy got hurt or not, like she was going to be caught up and then there was going to be this tournament seemingly, I, I don't know, to get it back on Roxanne. Um, I, I don't know. And again, I, I think I had mentioned back then, like there had, there was a story that had come out, like, um, you, you know, there was some like anxiety issues or, or whatever with Roxanne. And I, I don't know how accurate that was. Maybe it was completely out of left field and not true, but if yeah. it was, you know, maybe she's, she's in a better, better spot now, whatever. It's still, it still would feel kind of rushed to me if, if she's dealing with a legit thing, uh, just to have her, you know, be champion again. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I, I think it's either Roxanne Perez or, or, um, oh gosh, no, Stratton. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and and that's the thing too. And it, it, it's funny you mentioned that with Roxanne Perez. I, me personally, even though I can see it happening, which would be weird, just after everything that's happened with this title, you know, her losing it. And then Indy Hartwell just winning it out of the blue. Like, as right, I, right. I remember watching that ladder match and I was like, <laughs> just 
<laughs> Indy Hartwell just winning out of the or yeah, Indy Hartwell just winning out of the blue yeah. in that match. That was just like interesting. Um, but again, even though I can see her just winning it back in this tournament, I don't know. There's another part of me where they might they they could pull the trigger and give it to someone like Tiffany Stratton. Um, seriously, I really think so. Yeah. Or maybe, I mean, you can also say Cora Jade as well. Even though I like Cora Jade, I think that she still, she still needs to develop more. I don't think she's ready for that, that limelight yet to be, to be women's world champion. Um, but I think as of right now, so far, the work that I've seen from Stratton, I mean, outside of Roxanne Perez, which would be your kind of easier, easier choice out of, right. out of everybody that's pretty much left or that's going to be left um tiffany stratton is probably your second choice to where yeah it could be a little bit of a risk but i mean outside of roxanne perez i mean who else i mean jc james most likely going to lose that match next week to roxanne perez because again if the fact that Gigi dolan lost to to stratton i highly doubt that jc jane is going to win either um it just would not make sense to me at all um, so if that's the case, or, then, yeah. or if she, or if she did win and and uh, Gigi winds up turning, or I'm sorry, no, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that wouldn't make. Yeah, sense. Yeah, see what I'm saying because they would just yeah, do heel yeah. versus heel against Tiffany yeah. and JC Jane. So yeah, right, if, right. If, if maybe I don't know if like Gigi does something to cost JC the match or something like that, and they continue that feud going into Battleground or something yeah. along those lines. Um, but yeah, th- those are honestly your only two options that you have. Even though I like uh, uh, Valkyria, I don't know too much about her. Uh, clearly, to me, she's not. I mean, you can't put someone that's still very kind of unknown, even in the NXT realm, to be your women's world champion, as well as Cora Jade. Because even though, like I said, I like Cora Jade. She's actually done a lot of she's actually done a lot of work since turning heel and changing her character. I still don't think she's ready, you know, ready for that limelight yet. So yeah, you're to me, Brian. Your only two options at, at of this point is Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez. Sure, Roxanne mm-hmm. Perez is the easier, is the most simpler, uh, most simple option. But to me, if if I were if I were booking this, I, I'd put that belt around Tiffany Stratton. Yeah, um, and just see if she I can, can just win. So, but yeah, but yeah, Brian, your thoughts about that before we move on to this next topic? Yeah, like I said. It, it... I'd I'd be okay with either one. Um, like I said, I, I I am a little hesitant to if if Roxanne is really having real life issues, you know, maybe maybe don't don't give her the title right now, just and have that added weight or pressure on her. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they just drafted. I know it was a tag teams and stuff, but I mean, they just drafted a, a bunch of women um, up to WWE's main roster. So. You know the women's division. Uh, you know the women wrestlers. It's got a little thin there, so you got to create new stars. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stratton, yeah, you know, let let give her a shot and see what she can do. Let's see if she sinks or swims. Right? I mean, right. you know, you might you might as well. I mean, listen. So far, as at this point, she's done she's done very well. She's put on tremendous matches, at least for what she for for what she's been able to do. You know, let's see if she sinks or swims. So. That's yeah. the outside of Roxanne Perez. I think that that's honestly the most realistic way that you can go in this situation. Um, but right. yeah, the finals of this tournament that will be on Sunday, May 28th, that will be legit at NXT battleground. So you will crown a new women's world champion uh, for NXT at that event, that NXT battleground event. So uh, next week will be the semifinals or p- 
partially some of still of the first round matches. I'm sure maybe you'll you'll get a sprinkle of a, of a semifinal match in there. Um, and then, of course, the finals, that will be on Sunday, uh, May mm-hmm. 28th at NXT Battleground. So um, last thing on NXT, and that is with this NXT uh, championship for the men. Um, right now you have Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker. Um, obviously, you know, they're building up to their, I, I guess you could say, rematch since they faced each other already. Um, Braun Breaker was in a match with Trick Williams, um, and he obviously won by submission. Of course, you got to have Braun Breaker win. Um, clearly, it's an obvious, uh, obvious booking there. Um, Carmelo Hayes ended up coming out post-match as, you know, Car- uh, Braun Breaker had Trick Williams in that submission hold. He wouldn't let go. Carmelo Hayes comes to the save. They go blow the blows. Carmelo and guys, go back and watch this. We talked about the the NXT Spring Breaking, right? The freaking the 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 freaking uh, the spear that Braun Breaker yeah. delivered through the staging area to Hayes. If that wasn't as if that wasn't as gruesome enough, this guys, if you've seen this this next spear, it's it's just as deadly. It's just as freaking brutal. Frickin' Carmelo Hayes, he springboards off of the second rope. And guys, Braun Breaker just spears the living shit out of Carmelo Hayes once again. Just takes the soul out of this dude's fucking body. Oh my god. I mean, dude, Braun Breaker, man. I don't know what it is about this, this new aura of this heel character, man. But like, obviously, like, you know, his in-ring work has has always been has always been pretty solid has always been pretty decent mm. i mean that freaking spear is freaking vicious man i don't know if if, if you know i'm watching Bra- braun breaker more and more because of this heel character i don't know if he's always delivered this spear that freaking gruesome but my god i i mean it's like it's it's unbelievable man i mean this dude and, and i like the facts with braun breaker because listen he, he's not the greatest Talker, I, I think we can all agree with that. I mean, he's not sure. his, his strength is not on the microphone, but his physicality and showcasing that spear is what I love that NXT is doing. Like, hey, that spear. I mean, we got a lot of freaking talk over the spear at the staging area. Let's freaking do it again, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, unless because Carmelo Hayes is going to win the match, right? So you might as well yeah. keep pumping up. You know, Braun Breaker, he's not going to win back that title. Um, who knows about his status with the main roster? So as the heel, keep pumping this dude up, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Carmelo Hayes, he's going to win the match anyway. You might as well keep this shit going. Um, freaking love him. I love Braun Breaker and his booking right now. This dude looks like a legit freaking badass. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I really – I just like where it's going. And, you know, Carmelo Hayes – is a different story, honestly. I, I know people have his fans, and he has a place. I'm not saying that he's not talented; he's decent. Um, but just Braun Breaker in that in this heel character, um, it's just on a different level um, right now. Uh, and I think this is something that he's desperately that he is desperately needed. And you know, we'll, we'll see where this continues to go. But there is tremendous potential potential there uh, for Braun Breaker, and hopefully, he brings that same that same character, that same vibe, cross fingers that freaking the main roster does such um, and, and continues, continues this man. So, because it has a lot of potential uh, to do wonders uh, for this company. So yeah, but Brian, I know, I, like I said, I know you haven't been able to watch NXT as much, especially this week, but I, sh- 
I was able to show you that clip of the spear. Yeah. Uh, your, your thoughts of Braun Breaker and that spear and his character as a whole since he's turned heel. Yeah, beautiful spear, man. I mean, definitely, you know, arguably one of the best in the business uh, right now. Um, yeah, I, I too love his, you know, turn to heel. I I mentioned in previous podcasts, you know, when he was face. Um, I, I don't know. His, his character, his persona didn't really fit the neon bright colors to me. Yeah. Um, so I, I like him a lot better uh, in yeah. this, you know, as a heel. Um and yeah, so with this feud, I mean, yeah, I expect Carmelo to win. Um, honestly, I, I think, I, or I hope at least, you know, this is just, you know, this is the end of the feud and Braun's just staying down there to, to finish this feud. And I think Carmelo's going to go on to do great things in NXT until it's his time. Um, but yeah, I hope they just finish this feud out. Carmelo gets the, the W and Braun comes up to the main roster because, yeah, I, I think he's ready. Um, it, and after this, after losing to Carmelo twice now, I mean, there's nothing left for him to do in NXT. Exactly. Um, I would, I, and I said this about the draft, too. It's like at this point, kind of Braun Breaker, he's kind of overstating his welcome at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, so and, you know, and we'll we'll see how it plays out because I and I just hope, man, that when he does debut, um, that he just he's just right from the jump. They just put him in something that's captivating, you know. Yeah. And I spoke heavily about this, even with NXT talents that debuted this past Monday. Nothing was memorable at all. It, it was the yeah. most lackluster shit of, of mm-hmm. a debut, a return, um, especially for Shinsuke Nakamura. We talked AJ Styles, about yeah. AJ Styles, right? I mean, even AJ Styles over at SmackDown, exactly. Um, yeah. So hopefully, with Braun, I mean, again. We 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 keep we hear a lot about Braun Breaker and this company how they're very high on him and 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 this and this and that right so hopefully I tell you what with Braun yeah not not that he should start out this way definitely don't do this but man coming down the road I I don't know if it's five years from now or or a while but at some point someday we're getting Braun Breaker and Solo Sokoa man (laughs) I want to see that (laughs) yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, that could again if yep. you work it properly, man. Again, I yeah. always say it's not every feud. Any feud that sounds, you know, that sounds good, that sounds fun, it, it always has potential if you do it properly. So, but yeah, yep. we know Braun Breaker's time um, on the main roster is coming up very shortly. We know that uh, whether that's maybe coming up, you know, during SummerSlam or whatever. Maybe they hold it off until maybe they want to do it at a big, bigger venue like SummerSlam or leading up to SummerSlam or after SummerSlam. Who knows? Um, or maybe before their money in the bank pay-per-view in the UK or something like that. Um, I, I, I hope it's before then. Cause I mean, honestly, I, I feel it should be, you know, after this pay-per-view that NXT yeah. has, it's probably going he loses, to. maybe he has one more NXT show, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hope like, cause honestly the the money in the bank pay-per-view, cause that's going to be in the UK there. And of course, NXT, you know, they do NXT UK legit in the United Kingdom. Um, uh-huh. right. So that kind of build up to, for Braun Breaker, I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of United Kingdom fans that watch NXT, they know who the guy is. He's going to get people, you know, so that's honestly a, a perfect setting that you can, that you can debut Braun Breaker just from that, you know, just yeah. from uh, being in the UK. Um, I don't know if you do it at the pay-per-view or building up to the pay-per-view, but yeah, I mean, and, and, and yeah, Braun, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, at this point, um, 
after Battlegrounds, I think it's time for Braun Breaker, especially with this heel character, because I, I think this character is yeah. ready. Um, yep. I think I think we both have seen enough where you can do a lot with this heel character if you do it properly. Is Triple H and Vince going to do such? Remains to be seen. We'll um, see. But, but I think we all know if, you know, if you're a smart wrestling fan, I think you know that I think he's ready. Because, um, mm-hmm. again, we know he's not going to win that NXT title, so he's going to overstate his welcome if he just stays at NXT any longer. So, again, so WWE, just don't fuck it up, man. Just, 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 just do this one yeah. favor. I mean, you're, if you're so highly, if you're so high on this dude, just please don't f it up, man. Seriously, that that's just all we ask for. Just make make him return. Make make us give a shit about him. Make it make him feel special when he when he debuts, and just mm-hmm. keep his momentum rolling. That's all we ask for. Just as just as simple as that. You don't have to freaking move mountains. You ain't got to move barriers. Just make it as simple and yet as effective as freaking possible. So yep. uh, we will continue, of course, to update you guys on NXT. Uh, those were pretty much the main two, the main two topics uh, that we wanted to pretty much discuss in regards to NXT. Um, of course, you know, you have people like Wesley, Wesley Lee holding on to um, the mid card title. Um, I forget what that uh, title, the North American title, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's in a feud with Joey Gacy. And then you have a few others. Um, I know again, the NXT women's title picture, I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, I'm sure we'll know maybe more in the next couple of weeks. So, but yeah, so again, NXT, not the, not the greatest episode of NXT. Um, but Hey, again, but still NXT continues to at least still put out consistent freaking content every single freaking week. And guys, again, don't take my word for it. Just tune into every freaking Tuesday onto the freaking USA Network, and you will not be freaking disappointed. So mm-hmm. with all of that being said, um, it is finally time to get into AEW and AEW Dynamite. So lots to discuss in, discuss in the show. So we'll save uh, all of our thoughts once we dive straight into this. So let's jump right into it, shall we? AEW Dynamite, uh, May 10th, 2023, live in Detroit, Michigan. We start off the show, hour number one, uh, straight into a match. And when I mean straight into a match, I mean legit straight into a freaking match. Uh, as soon as the show goes on the air, Claudio Castagnoli and Ray Phoenix are in the ring as they have a double jeopardy match. Um, I believe the stipulation, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, that, that if Claudio Castagnoli wins, then him and a partner of his choosing with BCC gets a an ROH tag title opportunity as they're both holding ROH titles, uh, Claudio right, right. world title and Ray Phoenix is one half of your ROH, um, champions. And if Ray Phoenix wins that he gets a shot, I guess at Claudio's world title. Am, am I? Am, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So again, even though it's ROH, you know, you got to beat the champion in order to get a freaking a title opportunity. Again, it's just, Brian, I'm I'm just not a fan of R- ROH. Like, keep that stuff over in ROH. I, I don't need to see that on a dynamite, honestly. Right. Uh, it's just like it's just keep it over. Like, keep your ROH champs uh, over at freaking uh, over freaking ROH. Seriously. And, and listen. And if you're gonna do like, and if you're gonna have like a merging of ROH and AEW, th- then make it make sense and make it make fun. Like, you're just inviting these people. That are even that are even AEW talent, right? Yeah. And that are holding ROH titles, just having a match. I, I, I don't understand. Um, again, and this is just another match that I just would not start the night off 
it, it just it's just right from the jump, especially a lot of casual fans and people that are tuning in to AW, um, you know, on their television screens or whatever. And even from Detroit, Michigan, they're kind of like, even though they were, you know, they, they were into this match, but still I could come up with, and I'm sure, Brian, you, I'm sure you this the same way goes, you know, for you. We could come up with many different ways to to start the night off better than this shit, honestly. Yeah. But, but with all that being said, so Claudio Castagnoli versus Ray Phoenix in a double Jeopardy match. Match time from bell to bell was 14 minutes in length. Uh, Claudio just chucks Ray Phoenix over the freaking barricade. This was like before the commercial break. Uh, as Claudio pretty much took control, at least majority of this match. Uh, right. Claudio hits a gut-wrench powerbomb from the second rope. And when it was all said and done, Claudio wins this match via some type of powerbomb finish. The finish was kind of just abrupt, just very, very abruptly kind of ended. It was just a powerbomb and then, boom, that's it. Ray Phoenix is just done. He's flat, in his bat, flat on his back and looking up at the lights. Uh, Danielson and Yuta are watching backstage. They like what they see. So Claudio Castagnoli wins this match as he should. He's part of it, a dominant freaking group right now in the BCC. I hope that he's not losing to a fucking tag team wrestler. <laughs> so, um, so I guess Claudio's also now going to just get a shot at the tag titles for ROH. Yeah. Yay, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'll have a little bit more to say about it, Brian. I'll, I'll, I'll move this on over to your thoughts on this opening match to start the night. Yeah, it was a little confusing. Again, we've, we've talked about it. And I, this is just AEW's thing now. We're like, yeah, they just start the show and, and they're already in the ring, ready to go. Um, yeah. Again, Phoenix against Claudio, it just seems like a random match thrown together. Um, and I'm with you. Like, if they're the ROH champion and the ROH tag team champions, but they're both a technically AEW stars um i don't know it, it just I, i'm with you keep it keep it separate keep the yeah. roh stuff within roh mm-hmm. you know give guys over at roh opportunities to fight for those titles and let Absolutely. aew do aew um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and i know there's been a, a lot of talk you know they're they're let me go back and let me start it this way um first apologies to tony khan man uh, you, you've proven us wrong. Um, you know, congrats to, to you, AEW. I know they're up over 60,000 uh, tickets sold for... Hey. Yeah, AEW. <laughs> oh, right. So I'm glad, I'm glad they made, a, made me eat my words because that just means it's good for wrestling as a whole. Um, but yeah, with that being said, uh, I know there's also the talk of them having another show and a pseudo brand split. Um, so again, it's just a, a lot of, uh, I, I mean, I get it for the hard, and I'm sure the hardcore marks love it. Right. But I, yeah, I simply don't have the time to like, you know, I, well, I, I Claudio's at AEW, but I got to watch him here. But then I also got to tune into AEW to find out what he's doing there. Cause he's holding a belt, but then he's coming back with that belt to AEW. Why? I don't fucking know. It just it's it's too much, man. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, what's the saying? It's like keep keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> like, it, it just it doesn't need to yeah. be all of that. Yeah, um, it's just it's just weird, man. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I, and I guess with this with this uh, title, I would assume he's gonna pick Yuta as his tag partner. Yeah, that's um, probably gonna happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, at first. I don't know. So I mean, yeah, and like you said, they're they're dominant faction with a within AEW, and we had just talked about this with like you know having belts on on people within a faction and whatever, kind of making the whole faction strong, or not just one person. But if you have them holding ROH titles, does it really matter? Like I don't know. Right. It, it just again, seems it's silly. AEW, it's an AEW show, man. Again, just keep that right. over at ROH, bro. Like, yeah. I understand, again, maybe the notion is like, oh, well, you know, you want to introduce ROH to AEW fans for people who don't know ROH or something like that. But but again, man, just, just keep everything, just keep everything separate. Like, it, it does, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just because you can use this TV time, Brian, for a lot of other different things. I, I'm just yeah. saying, was the match good? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. we all know it was going to be good. I'm not going to complain about a Claudio... Castanoli and Ray Phoenix match. Um, again, I just wish that there was just something more behind the match than just throwing them in the fucking ring together. It just just to have them have a freaking match. But because again, this is not this is not something that you just start the night off with, man. Maybe yeah. in the middle of your show. Because the next hey. segment, as I you know, as I get into this, we I might as well jump into it because it kind of kind of piggybacks what I what I want to say here. Miro and Thunder yeah. Rosa. Made their Miro signing to AEW, <laughs> right? A Miro signing, exactly. They made their returns, both him and and Thunder Rosa, to AEW yep. television as they no, but it was for thirty seconds as they walked into Tony Khan's office, and that was it. Um, but yeah, kind of just like right from the jump, man. I would have start off with Miro just arriving to the arena. 100%. And then build a story from that. Like, what did he say to Tony Khan? Now I get it as well of why they didn't want to expose too much about it. They want to leave people in suspense. And I, I get that. But I felt like you could have still start the show with him pulling just, up. Absolutely. Start the show at least with that. Um, yeah. and, and then with Thunder Rosa following suit and then walking into Tony Khan's office. And then you can still put on another segment to build that later on in the night and not expose too much. You know, I understand you don't want to put you don't want to put all of your chips into one basket, especially for one night. But I feel like there still could have been more you could have add into that, right? Yeah. It, especially if Miro and Thunder Rosa are, you know, they're both healthy. They're both they're they're ready to go. They're they're ready to they're they're officially all they're all elite again, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You know, Fucking don't you know? Don't waste it. Like let's jump. Let let's get freaking fun with this, bro. Like have it start the night. Have Thunder Rosa follow suit. You know, just again, I I just wish that they could just do more, man. You know, it's just like Miro just returns. Okay, it's great to see Miro, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens next week, right? And and maybe. I, I don't know, unless maybe that's all they wanted to rest on. But again, I just think that they could have just done more in yeah. regards to that. So, but yeah, just to, before we get into this next segment, Brian, your your thoughts about Miro and Thunder Rosa and their and their you know returning to AEW television? Yeah, great seeing them both back. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I definitely would have started the show uh, with you know Miro backstage, Miro pulling up in his car and getting out, or, or however you want to do that, but. For sure, I would have started the show with that, mm-hmm. um, and even you know Thunder Rosa too. I'm glad glad to see her uh, returning hopefully soon. Yeah, um, and yeah, what the? I mean, it gives me a little bit of hope, a little bit of excitement that like 
okay, these people are coming back in the fold. Obviously, you got the huge show in Wembley. Um, and and what this means for going forward, booking week to week. Uh, again, man, it, it's God, we haven't seen it. It has to be over a year now, or at least a, close to a year that we've seen Miro in the yeah, ring. Yeah, right? around there. Pretty close to God, it. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, I'm so ready for this guy to be back. Um, yeah. And again, just. Uh, hope, uh, I hope it's something good, I, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and not like, uh, what, what did he start out in AEW? The best. Oh, yeah, or uh, oh, it's, it's, funny, it's funny how you just said that. I was going to say, like, he's going to return going back to playing video games with freaking uh, with Kip yeah. Sabian. And that shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's going to be wearing that weird fucking attire and shit. Yeah. It, yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 that's the change. He's going to go back. He's going to change from being what, uh, what, what was, uh, what was his gimmick? Uh, he was like. The best uh, man, wasn't it? It was the best. Well, no, well, yeah, the best man, and then uh, like, what's this? What, what's this gimmick now? Or what was this gimmick after that? It was like, oh, like the uh, the Redeemer God or something. I forgot what the it, Redeemer. Like, the Redeemer, oh. yes, he was like yeah, the Redeemer. Yeah. He's gonna go from the Redeemer. I forgot what the name of it was. The Redeemer, and he's gonna go back to being like the best man. He's gonna wear these fucking weird getups and shit. Trust. <laughs> right. Oh my god. It's... <laughs> I could. I'll just say. Yeah, I, I, I hope they, they have to continue that Redeemer character. I mean, yeah, I'm sure I, that, I that's probably, and right. I hope so because it was good, man. It was really yeah, good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure they're going to continue that. I'm sure. I'm sure they will. Yeah. So. But yeah, Miro is back, and Thunder Rosa, uh, and and in in regards to Thunder Rosa, right? You know, uh, I like Thunder Rosa. I, I do. I think she's a sweetheart. Um, she said a lot of really. A, a lot of things about, you know, her work and how much she loves the business. And, you know, of course, you know, being, you know, coming to the States and everything like that. Um, yeah. Just like her heritage and everything like that mm-hmm. in professional wrestling. I like that. You know, I, I like her. I, I know that she, she has a passion for it, but I've said this a lot about Thunder Rosa is that she's either on or she is really off. You know, she gets yeah. a lot of hype of being one of the best female wrestlers in the world. Again, I don't, I don't see that, especially from her matches. I think that again, she's either she's either spot on, or her matches are extremely freaking ugly. Um, you know, and and she, again, there's just a lot of inconsistency with her. Mm-hmm. But hey, I mean, maybe she with this time off, she's kind of you know, she's digressed and she's learned a thing or two. So you know, it's good to see yeah. her as well. And, and, and we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see where 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 she goes in, in regards to Miro as well. So, um, but it definitely brings, I'm sure, you know, interest and eyeballs. Again, I just think that we can just do better and just make the setting of it better. That's what I mean yeah. by that. You know, I always say like not lowering our bar. This is part of it. Like let's tr- like let's think of better freaking ways to make this more special to make Miro's return that much more memorable. So. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it, how, how it plays out. Miro and Thunder Rosa guys are back. So they, they entered into Tony Khan's office and then that was it. Maybe that was too much for Tony Khan. Cause I got to get, you know, yeah. freaking, uh, I got to get the best friends out there. I got to get freaking bandito out there. You know, got to get those hot flippity divers and those high flyers, you know what I'm saying? Ryan. So, and we're going to get into, sure. into those people later on in the show. Um, up next uh, was FTR, your AEW tag champs. Uh, their music hits, and they enter the ring. They ask Mark Briscoe 
uh, to come out. You know, they call out Mark Briscoe, but instead they get Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. They hit the ring as well as Sanjay and Satnam Singh. Sanjay asked FTR if they accept their their tag title uh, challenge. You know, their challenge to to face them at Double or Nothing for the AEW uh, tag team titles. Dax wants them. He's like, yeah, okay, we'll give you this title shot, but I want you to admit, I want you to admit that you guys are just you're doing all of this with Mark Briscoe. You're just using him, right? You're you're just using you're using him to get to us, to get closer to us, to get a tag to get a tag title right. opportunity or something like that. Mark Briscoe interrupts. Um, he walks down the ring. He tries to again play play you know peacekeeper and all this stuff. He's got like freaking cups, and I think he's got like. Uh, a freaking bedroom. I don't know if it was like some type of alcohol or something. It'll make more sense as I get later into. Oh, I'm segment. sure that the Briscoes, man, that's some homemade wine there, baby. Homemade wine, <laughs> <laughs> moonshine or something. I don't know right. what it is, but yeah, some type of alcoholic beverage in his hand, uh, as, as well as some cups in his hand as he's walking down the ring. Um, he announces that you know the mat, for, you know via Tony Khan that the tag team match is official for Double or Nothing, and that Mark Briscoe is going to be the special guest referee for that tag match and like Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, they're actually getting pretty pumped up about that. Um, you know, and then Mark Briscoe looks to have a toast as he, again, he's just trying to kind of do the shtick to kind of just play peacekeeper. You know, he's friends with Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and he's, and he's friends with FTR. Um, you know, so they're trying to do a toast. And then I think it was Sanjay that like spit in the, spit the, the beverage in, in, the, in Dax Harwood's face. And mm -hmm. it was like seeing his eyes or whatever. Um, everybody comes to blows in the ring. Jeff Jarrett pushes so again. Mark Briscoe's trying to like keep everybody separate. Again, he's trying to play peacekeeper. Jeff Jarrett pushes Mark Briscoe into Dax Harwood. Now, keep in mind, Dax Harwood is still he's still blinded from the you know the spit of the alcohol in his face. You know, it stings. It freaking burns. I'm sure. And he hits a <laughs> he hits a pile driver. I guess just out of out of instincts, the, I guess he knows that it's it's fight or flight mode. I guess right, you know, mm -hmm. and he, and just without hesitation, you know, he can't see it. He doesn't know it's Mark Briscoe, but he hits Mark Briscoe with a with a pile driver, and then all of a sudden, like just you know, everybody just you know, it's this, the hit starts to to sit in. Like oh my god, like we, I just dropped Mark Briscoe. <laughs> Freaking yeah. Max Harwood, he's like trying to shake the, the alcohol out of his eyes and stuff. Um, every, you know, Je uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, they're all retreating up the rampway. Mark Briscoe's even pissed. He's like, I like, damn, yeah, man, like, why the hell did you do that? <laughs> Just trying to <laughs> doing that best Southern freaking impression of freaking Mark Briscoe. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so he's kind of left. Um, you know, FTR is, uh, they come to the aid of Mark Briscoe to make sure he's okay. Um, kind of made a big scene of him just getting dropped like he was just like another Joe Schmo. I mean, this is Mark Briscoe. I think he's taken so many freaking bumps. I guess it was just the shock factor of that Dax just dropped him just in the snap of a finger. Yeah. Um I don't yeah, so then the segment ends um and that's it. So he so here's the thing. Listen, I I'm starting to give this 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 whole situation a chance, this whole feud um, cause again, the, the tag match is going to be solid. We talked about that, Brian, even last week. Uh, we know the potential of, of how good this match is going to be. The storytelling of the match. These are, these are four, you know, in-ring competitors that just get it right. Mm -hmm. But 
It's the whole notion. Well, five of, when you had the ref too. <laughs> and yeah, Mark Briscoe. Right. And, yep. and, and, and it's fun. And to piggyback off of that, it's like, you know, they're, they're so concerned over Mark Briscoe taking a pile driver when I'm sure this dude has been through hell and freaking haywire in many of his matches <laughs> and growing in his career. And we're that concerned over Mark Briscoe taking a pile driver. I, that aspect to me was kind of weird. I guess it was just more of, I guess they were maybe just trying to play like, like the shock factor, like, Oh snap. Like I didn't mean to do that. And everyone else is like, why would oh, you yeah, do that? That's a hundred percent. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So, yeah, so maybe that's what, I don't know. Yeah. Like that just came into my head. Like we're, you know, everybody's concerned. Like I think like there was some security and even, I think there was a referee or two maybe that was checking up on Mark Briscoe. And I'm like, dude, like this dude's been freaking through so much shit in matches. Like, I don't know. That that was just part of me that thought that. But obviously that wasn't like obviously what they were trying to do. Obviously this was about the shock factor, like I mentioned. Yeah. And like, you know, the realization of just in the heat of the moment and then all of a sudden like because everything was happening so fast and Dax just again he couldn't see anything. He hits the pile driver and then everyone's like, Oh shoot, like this this was not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So in, in that aspect, Brian, um I'll give it a chance. I like Mark Briscoe. Listen, if you're not going to have anything else for Mark Briscoe, then, hey, you might as well put them. Because, again, I thought they were just going to have the freaking tag match and that's it. But, hey, insert him as the special guest referee and have, have freaking fun with it, man. So I, I can get on board with it. Um, you know, and we'll see where it goes. Um, so, yeah, and I think this is kind of just taken a while, at least from my aspect, at least from what I'm watching, just to get used to. But the more I'm watching and the more I'm reading into it, I'm thinking, okay, I can get behind it. Because again, I, I don't know, because it's, it's, <laughs> you know, I wish that there could be something else for Mark Briscoe, but again, beggars can't really be choosers. He's kind of like the main focal point of this entire feud as of, mm-hmm. as itself. There's history between each team. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I can get on board with it. It'll be fun. And of course we know the match is going to be pretty damn solid in its own right. So Brian, uh, to piggyback off that, your 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 thoughts in regards to this segment? Yeah, I love this segment, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the storyline going into it, and so when you have guest referees, man, I, I I actually, you know, I was like okay with the match and the feud, but adding Mark Briscoe as a guest referee, yeah, put it over the top for me, man. Yeah, um, yeah there's a few instances throughout wrestling right if you you get a good guest referee in there and they can tell the story within the match yeah um and like ken shamrock with stone cold and bret hart um yeah and i think a little bit more along the storyline aspect uh uh hbk triple h and the undertaker when hbk was that special referee i think you can have a lot of that emotional connection since everybody you know involved in this you know mark has relationships with both of them yeah Man, if you do this right, it could be really, Absolutely. really good, man. Yeah, no, seriously, yeah. Yep. Like I said, it, it's definitely and, – and if you really think about of how everything is also transpired um, and, and also yeah. in regards to this promo, yeah. No, I think I, – no, this has been done very, very well, honestly, yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, I know – and for some reason, though, too, Brian, this is where I don't understand from wrestling fans. Like, they just – for some reason, when it comes to Jeff Jarrett or and not not much of Jay Lethal, but just more of Jeff Jarrett being on their aid, being on AW television, they just do not like this shit. I, 
Again, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, this guy's a part the of the AEW crowds, man. Like, I, I take them with a grain of salt. I, like, they pretty much, I, I would assume the majority right. of them I mean, to, to every, don't like Double J because he's an old, older guy. Right, exactly. I mean, like, guys, like, what, like, what, like, what do you want to see? Like, you, you want to see a fucking Ray Phoenix just fly from pillar to post? You want Are you that excited over Bandito flying from pillar to post over an actual story being told here? I mean, come on, man. Like what? I'm sorry, I don't understand chant, people's fucking their 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 yeah. thinking in regards to professional wrestling. I, I don't understand it. It's just yeah, their crowd is always every match. They're good. like they did it with the Claudio Ray Phoenix to open the show. They were chanting, "This is awesome." No, it wasn't. Well, it was not. It was. <laughs> um, it was. The it one was chance they did match. have in here though is I did love when when uh, when uh, Dax uh, DDT or Paul gave the power driver to Mark. They yeah. start chanting, "You fucked up." Uh, yeah, that was that perfect. Was, yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that that was really good. But yeah, throughout the whole show, so they're just—it's almost like we just have to have a chant for every match. We we have to do it at least once. Yeah, at least yeah. once. We have to have a "This is awesome" chant for legit every fucking match <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. everything is awesome. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, and it's just guys like this is what professional wrestling needs more of. To tell a freaking story and then yep. wait to have these two face off until the pay per view. That's all we ask for. Yeah, and then you know it's it's as simple as that, man. Right? And, and I get it. And again, at the when it first started, I was like, okay, what is this? But after you know, after you know, going back and watching everything, I, I'm on board with it. I, I am. And again, because yep. it's especially the you know, the Dax Hardwood Jeff Jarrett match, we spoke very highly about that. Yep. Um, and I did like the fact that the the tag match, or what was it? I think it was like a it was an eight man tag match. I believe it was all four of those individuals against some other four schmucks. Um, yeah. And and the way you know they they're not getting all can they coexist game right that whole that whole spiel. Um, but yeah, I think everything up until this point. Hopefully they continue this right. Hopefully they continue this momentum here. Um, cause again, guys, and, and here's, and I'm just glad that Jay Lethal, um, cause I've said this also for a while since Jay Lethal has been in AEW to me, like this has been the first actual storyline that he's been in anything that's yeah. actually relevant. I mean, he's just immediately, he just puts like, cause honestly guys think about it. I mean, he's, he, as of late, since he's been in AEW, he's just been placed in just, oh, in really decent match after really decent match. And there's nothing. Yep. There's nothing for him leading forward. At least there's something for FTR. This is to a good, solid first feud for FTR. Because, again, Jeff yeah. Jarrett and Jay Lethal, guys, they're not winning tag titles, bro. So let's everybody just calm the fuck down. Like, it's the same thing I said about Natalia and Rhea Ripley over on Monday Night Raw. Natalia's not going to win the fucking title. And it's, and it's a Saudi Arabia show, right? It's just – and you have Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal – you have two again performers that just that are legit that freaking good, right? Yeah. It's just it makes sense. They're not going to win the titles. They're going to put they're they're going to they're going to be they're going to put on tremendous performance in the match as well as the build up to the match. There's no harm, no foul, man. And if they keep, if they keep this up, then hey, let's freaking go. So um, hey, I'm going to give another applause to Tony Khan once again. Hi. <laughs> yep, yep. Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? 
applause in one show for freaking Tony Khan. Like, what's going I on know, here? Right? It's crazy. Is this ruthless talk? Like, I thought everything about ruthless talk was just <laughs> about AEW. What, what's going on here? But yeah, so the only blunder so far is just that, again, instead of that whole Claudio Ray Phoenix match, again, if you would have done Miro and the Thunder Rosa stuff to start off the night and then jump into that match, fine. I would have been totally fine with it. And then you get into this freaking this segment with FTR, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett, and then you just go from yeah. there. Oh. But hey, outside of that, not bad, man. Seriously, not bad. Could it be better? Sure. Um, no doubt. But not bad, man. Not At least from what we've seen since we started this podcast, Brian. Yep. Major freaking improvements. Major. Chris Jericho is backstage. Um, he says he now has a court order on Adam Cole. After last, after what happened last week, um, Roderick Strong interrupts uh, and challenges Jericho to a false count anywhere match next week. Uh, Chris Jericho accepts. He talks about, oh, I'm going to have the JAS behind me next week, so I hope you're ready. And then Strong states that with a legal document in his hand, he gives it to Jericho. You know, it's like, hey, well, good luck with that because uh, the JAS, yeah, they're also banned from the arena as well next week. So right. good luck, buddy. And then he walks off, and then Renee Paquette kind of plays along with it. I love Renee Paquette. She's freaking awesome. She plays into everything as the interviewer. I think it's freaking great. Um, but, yeah, um, and that that is your segment. So, Brian, I'll have you start. Uh, your, your thoughts on this um, this backstage segment with Chris Jericho and, and uh, the match he's going to have next week with Roderick Strong. Yeah, it was okay. Um, you know, yeah. I, 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 it's <laughs> – Already telling. I mean, that, this is the road they're going to go down. Uh, you know, Jericho will fight Roderick Strong. Uh, Cole will fight Hager or somebody, whatever. We'll do this for a little bit. Uh, the promo, um, I mean, Jericho, it was, it, you know, had its moments. Like, I just, the way he's trying to say, like, you know, he created an unsafe working environment. You know, it's just, it, it's a little, That's obviously, so fucking cheek and That's a little so funny. Jericho, though. Like, he's, he's, I know, he's exactly. Happy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's you know classic Chris Jericho shit, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was okay. Um, it, am I excited about the match? You know, Jericho and Roderick Strong, not really, not really. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be a decent match. Um, I'll make it work, Chris Jericho. I'm sure will make it work. Yeah, and then with, with you know both of the you know JAS and Adam Cole being banned. Uh, I mean, the way this will play out, play out, like while JAS might be banned, like they'll probably come out there and beat down Roderick Strong, you know, because he's the face, and then yeah, Cole and Roger got to get the revenge, and you know, that's uh, that's how this is gonna go. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm still on board with the the Jericho uh, Cole feud match. Um, so I feel like this week was just a um. Kind of I don't know. bridge kind of to the next thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, Cause I know we talked a lot about, you know, this feud just being Adam Cole and Chris Jericho, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, you know, much love to Roderick strong, but you know, I understand his allegiance with Adam Cole and the history with, with him and Adam Cole. Um, and then listen, I, I like the idea um, I, you know, the idea of like, hey, like, you know, because that's something that Chris Jericho would do. Like, I'm, I have this legal document that you cannot freaking fight me. You know, you can't be in the same arena as me. Can't, I, yeah, it can't be in the same arena. Yeah, yeah it can't be in the same arena. 
right? Or like it's like some court order, right? So I mean, that's the type of shtick that I can get behind because it's Chris Jericho, and I can see right. him doing the shtick because he's that freaking good. Um, but yeah, it, it's just. So I guess if you're gonna go that route, I guess maybe Roderick Strong. It's like oh, like if you know Adam Cole, he can't be in this, he can't be in the building next week, um, or in the same building as you, but I can, and I can fight you. So I, I just wish that there was a way, Brian, that they can they can kind of just get away from the undisputed era shit. I, I really do. Yeah, I don't think it's just needed. Like Adam Cole, I, t- I mean, because I want to see what this dude can do without like his best buddies and with Roderick Strong and fuck. I mean, <laughs> freaking Orange Cassidy and Bandito were just thrown in that situation, which was just weird. Just to, yeah, yep. <laughs> I guess just, just to fill up the eight man tag match that we need to have every fucking week on an AEW show. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like I, I hate when any wrestling company does this. Cause I don't think it ever works out. Like, well, I wouldn't even say when the NWO, the original three, right? Hall, uh, Nash, and Hogan came back to WWE, it wasn't the same. Like, when you have a faction or a, or a thing like that, like the Undisputed Era, that was created in a different different promotion, different show, mm-hmm. but you still try to hang on to it and bring it, you know, it, it just, you most of the time it just doesn't hit. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I'm other than occasions like when something was as big as the NWO, Undisputed, I'm sorry, it was not <laughs> that big. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't like the – I don't like the idea of, you know, when they when they try to do the same thing, like, you know, from, yeah. from promotion mm-hmm. to promotion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are definitely exceptions, of course, that, that – uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting people that have done it, um, but you have to be like at, you know, a Hogan level, a Flair level, like to to pull that off. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work when you you try to recreate the same thing you did at a different company, different set of rules, different environment, different wrestlers, all that. You know, so it's just yeah, I'd like them to see do, doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Um, Tony Khan, Tony Khan, Tony Khan, Tony Khan. He makes another big announcement, or he announces that he's going to make a big announcement next week. I'm announcing um, that I'm going to make a big announcement. Oh my God. It's just, again, guys, it's the boy who cried wolf at, at this point. Um, I don't know. Maybe this has something to do with, with Miro and Thunder Rosa. I, I don't know. Guys, like how many fucking announcements does this guy have to endure again because again you know what it is brian because it, it's a quick ratings grab that that's what it's a right. hop in ratings oh how can we you know h- how can we uh you know get a cheap little pop in the rating without putting a little bit of effort and creativity into the show let's just announce that we're gonna have an announcement <laughs> so yeah people are gonna want to i mean obviously just out of habit and hope people are gonna are going to tune in and there's going to be a, maybe a few more hundred thousand followers that are going to tune in. But after that, yeah, they're like, what do I need to watch this for? Like, okay, yeah. it's, it's just an announcement. I could have just heard on fucking Twitter. So Tony Khan, man, just, we, we, we would, we would get excited about it. If you haven't announced this big announcement for the like 10,000 fucking times over the past three months, just, just saying, bro, uh, to end our number one, um, we have an AEW international title match. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Daniel Garcia. 
Uh, match time was 13 and a half minutes from bell to bell. Um, Garcia's like mock, mocking uh, Orange Cassidy with like his shin kicks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Orange Cassidy wins via the awe-inspiring, ultra-devastating roll-up finish. That is right, guys. Uh, Daniel Garcia went, or he loses this match to Orange Cassidy via a roll-up. Um, listen, I don't have much of a problem with the finish as much as I do with the match. I mean, if you've seen one international title match at this point, you've just seen them all. Um, yeah. listen, much love to Orange Cassidy. Um, I can, I can understand why people get behind a shtick. I've stated that many times as well as you, Brian. I, I get it. it. It's just like, I, I don't understand just this the the relevancy of this title is just is just has gone completely out the freaking window it's like you, you take the relevancy of this title and you just chuck it out the fucking window like it's a piece of garbage that, that that's that's what it, that's what we've come to at this point so n- nothing much to say was it a decent match okay is it a match that I want to I'm going to remember next week or two the answer's no um it's no shame to either of these two men it's just the reality just and that and that's just the reality of this freaking title. Um, yeah, there's just nothing. There's no prestige behind it. At least there's prestige with the tag titles right now, in regards to FTR, J- Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. Seriously, because there's actually something interesting. Yeah. What's interesting about this international title? There's there's nothing. There's been nothing, nothing since it fucking started. So the more you yeah. do this, then the the less interest people are going to have with this fucking title. Orange Cassidy can go out there and defend that title as many times as he wants. And people want to defend him because he's a fighting champion and he's a great wrestler. This and that, it doesn't fucking matter. He's holding a title with no prestige and no freaking, no substance. Again, at yeah. least FCR is holding onto these titles with some substance in a feud with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And that's it. So that's all I really got to say. Brian, your thoughts in regards to this match. Well, I'll go back to the Tony Khan thing real quick, man. I mean, it really does seem like WWE and AEW, like, are just, I don't know, trolling each other, man. Because it's seriously, both companies, like, week to week. It's like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, we're having a a match at Wembley. We're having a draft. Oh, we're, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe CM Punk's coming back. Or maybe, you know, we're we're introducing uh, the backstage shit. Right. Um, what is that called? I can't even remember. AEW, whatever media, it's media called. Scrum? Um, the media scrum, or what's called? No, no, no. The the show that they do now, the behind the scenes. Oh, all access. The all access. All access, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's all, all access. Scrum, and then WWE announces they have a new title, and it's just back and forth, man. Um, you notice how WWE is doing a lot more shit like that now. I don't right, know. If yeah, that's, yeah. I don't know if that's Triple H just wanting to be Tony Khan so bad. I don't know, but you notice how WWE is doing like that. Controlling each other, like. They're doing a lot more press conferences. They're they're doing yep. a lot more big announcements and reveals, yep. right? It's just, I don't know. Is it weird? <laughs> it just seems no, weird. I, I, I feel it's the more same more way. More it's just, yeah. yeah it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, saying that, like, yes, I, I, I'm sick of Tony Khan saying, you know, 
it's like every time he has an announcement, it's like it, it'll be like, okay, that was a, a little teeny, you know, good thing of announcement, but really tune in next week because it's even a bigger announcement next week. Like that's what the thing is. Um, however, I do feel with this one, I, I do expect something big is going to be announced, right? There's the, you would the, think, the Webley yeah. thing, you know, there's a couple of returning stars, um, you know, a possible bland, brand split and a new new show on Saturday, fucking CM Punk. So there's a lot of shit that, that could be like really, you know, legit big announcements. Um, yeah. But God damn it, if it isn't, if it's some other bullshit, like, fuck you, Tony. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so yeah, I... I I do get a little bit of a different vibe for next week that it is going to be something of, you know, pretty big importance. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, going into the match, I, I feel the same way about you. I'm I just. It's like, who the fuck cares? I get it. Orange Cassidy, he has his shtick, but not, like, since that is his shtick, every match is the, it's going to be the same. I'm going to do the pocket. It's right. the same, the same match with every opponent, same with every match. everybody, <laughs> everybody, man. It's yeah. like, when does it just get to the point where it's just redundant, bro? And, and yeah. it also affects the character, right? Exactly. Because he's going out there doing the same, the same match, the same sequences. His fucking shit picks yeah. his fuck. It just it it diminishes the character in the process because he's having these redundant. International like, to me, like I, I don't feel like Orange Cassidy in the time I've seen him in AEW has evolved all that much. Like it's oh. still and and I, and I don't know what that type of character. I don't know how you do evolve it because yeah. that is the shtick of like I, you know not taking it seriously. You know I can yeah. do this with my and hands in my why, pocket. So right and that's right. I don't know I've how you do evolve it, but that's why I've never. And, really Daniel been... Garcia, man, um, man, I feel like he's. You know, remember back in, you know, it was just a few months ago, right? Where it was, he was either going to go with the BCC or, or uh, Jericho. Man, his style too, man, fits so much better with BCC. Um, yeah. That it just, in his shtick now where he's, you know, he goes out there and he, he is like a, a brawler, technical wrestler, you know, very, very skilled in ring. But then he keeps, keeps kind of catch himself and, entertain it just i don't know man it, it's run its course for me it's um it's entertainer bro come on man yeah <laughs> um but it, yeah. it's yeah he's just stuck in this in-between stage though where yeah. his actual skill set like doesn't really fit that at all yeah. and you're and it's like you're funny. trying to put a square into a circle hole and yeah. it's just it's not fitting yeah, and it's and, and the whole shtick with him, like, oh, is like, are you a pro wrestler? Or are you a sports entertainer? To me, that's kind of just run its course, bro. Like it was, yeah. it had it, it had its moments like early on, but now it's just like we're still doing this shtick. Like, are you a sports entertainer? Or are you a pro wrestler? It's just like, motherfucker, make your decision, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, like it's like this dude's going through. It's like the character is like going through a mid, like a midlife crisis or some shit. It's just, it's weird. Um, right. it, had, it had its place. It had its moments early on. Yeah. Now yeah. it's just like we're we're still doing the same. It's like the same. It's like we talked about with WWE over the last month. We're still telling the same storylines and everything. It's the same thing we're telling with Daniel Garcia. So yeah. 
I don't know. Hey, he's got kick-ass theme music, so he's got new kick-ass theme music. I don't know what really? <laughs> he's got. Yeah, it's just I don't know the, the beat and the freaking vibe to that song. I don't know why. I guess that's just my generation of freaking type of type of vibe there. But shit, hey, I freaking I I usually replay his freaking entrance music because I just want to hear the fucking theme song. So so hey, Daniel Garcia, more props to you. You got a kick-ass theme song. So that's the, <laughs> and honestly, yeah. that's the only uh, the only thing he really has going for him um as well because yeah because this whole jas thing i'm with you man it's just like it has moments like oh like i'm a sports entertainer but then like i don't know like if he would have you know be somewhere like with the you know the bcc like you were talking about yeah it would just feel like him a guy like him and Takeshka, who have like similar ring styles like it just fits Yep. Um, who knows? I mean, maybe they do something like that in the near future, but sure, sure. Um, but yeah, you can tell. Like, I mean, like he's trying to be this. I mean, Daddy Magic, yeah, like that's that's sports entertainment. Talking about <laughs> right, right. That's that's sports entertainment. Like that dude is fucking entertaining. But then, like Daniel, yeah. and even like I guess Jake Hager, all he talks about is his purple fucking hat. Like I love this hat. <laughs> it's all he fucking, yeah. which is weird. Um, but yeah, and then you have Daniel Garcia. That's just like in this midlife crisis thing or whatever, but I don't know. But yeah, this match, man, just not needed, but we're going to keep getting it, Brian. You're going to see it next yep. week and the week after that, the week after that and the week after that. So going into our number two, we have Christian cage, his music hits and he enters the ring alongside Luchasaurus. This was actually what, this was actually one of the most entertaining parts of the fucking night. Yeah. Uh, Christian, I mean, dude, like Christian Cage is so good, man. I want to start off by saying that this dude is so. Th- th- this dude, again, he's one of those vets. We talked about like Trish Stratus, right, on Monday Night Raw, like her cutting that promo that she did on Monday Night Raw. Uh, freaking Christian Cage, the same way, dude. Like this dude is a vet. He freaking gets it, and he has gotten better, and he or he's been just as good even with age. Um, seriously, um, is he cuts a promo? He asks. Uh, well, first of all, he tells Detroit, he says something along the lines of like Detroit being one of the worst cities in the country or just, you know, and he's actually getting some decent heel, some decent heel heat from Detroit. There was a lot of booze, a lot of chants. I think he got a shut the fuck up chant. Um, I think he also got like, what else? He got like an asshole chant or something like that. So, hey, freaking Detroit's giving it to him. But but good heel heat, may I add. So, uh, Christian. Yeah, I got a different vibe from it, man. I didn't think so. You don't think so? Maybe it's different. No. I don't know. It's just, but I, I mean, uh, I guess we'll, we'll we'll get to that once once we get yeah. into this uh, this segment. But um, so he, so Christian asks, you know, what uh, what's the deal with these wrestlers and uh, AW wrestlers and their daddy issues? Um, he takes jabs at Wardlow, his Wardlow's father, and like the father figure that is Arn Anderson. You know, kind of like taking jabs at those two different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and he says like, uh, <laughs> he mentioned, uh, this is, and I quote from Christian, he goes, uh, he goes, if you were, if you're the other guy in a tag team with Tony, Tony Blanchard and being in a, being in, being Ric Flair's lapdog, I guess that makes you a legend, right? <laughs> I freaking love I don't know. There's something about that line that I freaking love. They then, sh- so again, Detroit is like giving it to this dude. Um, like legit, like, like it was chance, like, again, mm-hmm. I, I would, and these aren't piped in. I mean, these are legit freaking le, le, legit freaking crowd cheers from Detroit. Um, they, again, saying, shut the F up. 
um, alcohol, as well as a, a chant they say, Edge is better. <laughs> Freaking was weird. I couldn't understand what they were saying. Yeah, yeah, and dude, I don't. And here's the thing with Christian. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna save it. But I'm gonna save it at the end of the segment. Um, so Christian then goes on this. You know, he says Wardlow's times is his days as 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 TNT champion are over, and he says, "Oh, and Detroit, kiss my ass." <laughs> and he he like rips the freaking microphone out of freaking Tony Schiavone's hand. He's like, "And oh, and Detroit." Kiss my ass, and he just throws it up into the freaking into the freaking air, and and uh, and Luchasaurus and Christian walk off, and that's the segment. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Brian, I'll have you start off, man. Your thoughts of hour number two, the start of hour number two with Christian Cage and his promo. So yeah, initially I was really taken aback by the heavy booze. I mean, he was booed out of the fucking building from the jump, yeah. man, and I was like, damn, like where's all this coming from? Like, I mean, yes, I know he's playing a heel and whatever, but. Um, he never has he gotten a reaction like that in, in AEW. Um, and I think, man, I don't know. I was watching it. I mean, he had like a few botches in his lines, man. I, yeah. I think he was really like taken aback and like Fluck did not expect that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and and yeah, at the end where he grabs the mic and was like, "And Detroit kissed my ass." Like, I think that was real, man. Like, I I don't think that was. Uh, you know, part of the promo yeah. or 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 just being a shtick because I mean there was again a heavy yeah where they were just booing the shit out of him and he was like you know fuck you I'm just gonna shout over you and keep going through but um I, I like Christian I, I like him you know as challenging Wardlow here and honestly I think the crowd in my opinion the AEW crowd is Again, it's it's just like they don't get it because it's not a flippy do diver guy. Like because it's not a it's not this a is the fucking smart, story. Right? And and yeah, I don't think the the AEW crowd because he's an old guy, he's not going to do the flips and the dives and the whatever. Well, Christian can go. I, I think the hardcore AEW crowd that goes to the events, yeah, really do not want to see this. And in this case, I think they're way in the fucking wrong here, man. Like you're you're really missing it if you're like. Because again, you, you, there's the the go home heat and the and the legit like good heel heat. I don't think this was good heel heat for for Christian man. I, I think uh, they were shitting all over it. Um, yeah, I mean that that could be the yeah, case. It just especially, uh, yeah, especially in regards to like we talked about with Jeff Jarrett. Like that could also be the case for Christian Cage. So yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I mean you're not no that that could and that that legit could be the case. Um, but yeah, and, and and that's the thing. And listen, and listen, and if that is the case, Brian, like people are upset about Jeff Jarrett and Christian Cage yeah. being a part of the show. Like, guys, shut the fuck up. Like, get, like, yeah. get, like seriously. Like, I, like you, you, you really think? Like, honest, I don't understand, Brian. Listen, and <laughs> I guess, and again, I, I need to know more. You know, in regards to if that is the case and in, in how fans felt about Christian cage in Detroit that night. But, yeah. but if that, again, if, if that is true, then my God, man, AEW fans, they are, they are ass fucking backwards. No, absolutely. It's bro. Like, I will say though, with the promo, I mean, there was a couple lines in there where like, I would assume he got it cleared with, with Arn and Wardlow first, but I just thought we're like, man, you didn't need to go there. And like, 
whatever, uh, where he talks yeah. about like Wardlow's dad dying, and then it, like he intentionally, I I think intentionally. So he goes on to talk about Arnson, who one of Arnson legitimately just recently died. Yeah. Um, and he's and he's talking about that, and it, it's not Brock, the one that's still alive, but yeah, he he leaves it intentionally vague, and then he mentions Brock. But he Arn really did just have a son that died, and I just thought that was just like what, like what the fuck, man? It was yeah. just in bad taste. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, look, and, and yeah, <laughs> you could tell from also the promo. You know, you just mentioned it too, Brian. Like he, he, there was a botch or two in the promo, and I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess he just, yeah, it, it seemed like he wasn't expecting that type of reaction. Yeah. Uh, I don't think neither anybody, I'm sure, what that was watching. I, uh, I didn't either, man. I was like I said that that to, for that heavy of a booze for that loud and that long, I was like, holy shit! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, but yeah, man. Like, if, if here's a, to, to all wrestling fans, you know, to to everybody that watches AEW that are you know they like the people like the Banditos and the and the Ray Phoenixes and they want to shit all over this again. You need to get a fucking clue. Seriously, right. people like people like that's not what we're saying. You, you, we're not saying you, you can't like people like Ray Phoenix and these you know people like a Top Flight and people like a Bandito. We're not saying that, but to but to 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 boo and, and, and to trash people like Jeff Jarrett and, and Christian Cage going after titles, which I assume that's probably why they're they're booing them or why right. there's heat in that regard guys they're not gonna win the fucking time who else do you guys who else right now do, do you want that that's been booked that that has been booked that well right that is a younger freaking right. talent like again where's there's there's no lance archer there's no eddie kingston like who, who, the, who else you bandito against wardlow well, you're right you want fucking bandito yeah. to face wardlow yeah. you want bandito to 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 be with the best uh Team with Orange Cassidy to go after FTR. What, what, what the fuck do you want, guys? Seriously, <laughs> I, I don't fucking get it. Because, and and yeah. that's what seriously pisses me off. Because if that's the case, Brian, then people need to shut the fuck up. Because, because in this storyline with Wardlow and Christian and and uh, Luchasaurus, like Christian is the guy to challenge for right. that title. Because that, there is yeah. nothing. There is nothing that Christian Cage, nor that Jeff Jarrett can't do, even at their age, that. That they, you know, that's nothing different to what Bandito and Orange Cassidy and all these flippity divers also can't do as well. You know mm. what I mean? And but they don't have to. They don't have right. to, to entertain you, right? And, and that's the fucking problem. Or they don't have to risk their life to entertain you, right? They don't have to do yeah. a bunch of shit. MJF said right. it perfectly in a promo. He's like, you know why I'm the best? You know why I, 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 I'm legit? You know one of the greatest things in professional wrestling right now, because I don't have to do a bunch of bullshit to, to make you feel right. Christian Cage in that promo, you know, I'm sure a lot of smart, intelligent wrestling fans that understand the business, like you and me, Brian felt it felt every word because the delivery was awesome. And same goes for Jeff Jarrett in the situation that he's in with FTR. They get it. Because they don't have to risk their life, nor do they. Because again, yes, they're they're older. <laughs> they're well over in their forties, even fifties, if I may add. But that doesn't mean they can't entertain, bro. That doesn't Absolutely. mean that they can't go out there and deliver good shit. 
Yep. But do we shit on them just because they're fucking old? We do the same thing with with Edge. Like, oh, he's freaking old. Like, look how freaking old he looks. Like, what the fuck yeah. are you saying? <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous. And, and it's, and it's, it's, it's like, it's, speaking it's, of Edge, like, I can't think of one one storyline, and not that I can remember all of them, but I can't think of one storyline in his career right. that has been bad. Right, because because like, he's that good. Ever, he ever. Up every box. Neither right. one of these wrestlers, guys, with a Bandito, a, a, a fucking a Ray Phoenix, a, a freaking a Top Flight, a, a, an Action Andretti, they're not going to give that to you because yeah, right. they're great wrestlers, but that's all they know how to do. They don't know how to connect with you. They don't know how to make you feel. But guess you know what? You know who does? Christian Cage. Jeff yep. Jarrett, right? Because they get Absolutely. it. Because they're vets. And they don't have yep. to entertain just because they're not going to do a bunch of flips and a, and have a bunch of bangers that they can't <laughs> put on good shit, bro. Right? And listen. and, and <laughs> Speaking of bangers, man, fuck y'all AEW fans. Like that match last week, um, uh, Dax and Double J, that was a fucking banger of a match, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like it really was. <laughs> right. And, uh, and no, seriously, like, and that, that was a legit good freaking match. And again, guys, yep. take my, for, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm 25 years old. I, I am not from your era of professional wrestling, Brian, even though I still came from a, a pretty solid era of professional wrestling, yeah. the ruthless aggression era, which again, did you see people like Rey Mysterio? And people like, you know, and, and, and all the, yeah, of course you did. But then there was people also like Kurt Angle and, and people like, even like, Eddie, even the Eddie Guerreros. Again, I never, I, unfortunately, I was never able to see Eddie Guerrero. I was still too, too young um, in, in that aspect, especially, you know, I, I started watching wrestling actually the year or that year or the year before he passed. I was going to say, really? Um, I, I didn't put that together. You you never saw Eddie like live when he was. No. I never saw. Oh. I never seen it. Oh. No, oh, yeah. I seen him live. Yeah, no, it sucks, man. I, I, yeah, like I said, I got I got into professional wrestling, um, or I was introduced to professional wrestling around twenty two thousand four, two thousand five, around that same two thousand. Gotcha. Yeah, more more of two thousand five. Um, yeah, I, I I never never really saw much of Eddie Guerrero's work, um, which yeah. sucks, man. Yeah. Um, but that's what I mean, though. Even though people who may be a little bit older than me, right? who have that same type of aspect, you know, they saw those same types of people that, yeah, they can do great move sets, but they mm-hmm. made you feel they check the box and telling a story. You're yep. not getting that with wrestlers today because everybody's just a vanilla carbon copy of one another. And we, and, and, and it's, and it's a blessing, Brian, it's a blessing that we still have people like Christian cage at their age, sure. still yeah. being able to deliver and as well as Jeff Jarrett, as many others, people like Edge, right? Yeah. It's just pe- it, people need to just get a clue, man. You know, you, it, sure. it's, it's one thing to like something, right? If you are a fan of somebody, if you just like it, that's fine. We're not arguing with you in that aspect. But to trash people like Christian Cage and Jeff Jarrett and even people like Edge over in WWE because of their age and they can't do you know the notion that they can't do the similar or just to that notion of those move sets that the younger fan that the younger wrestlers are doing today get the fuck out of here with that man it's a bunch yeah, of BS absolutely absolutely yeah. a bunch of BS so 
Um, but yeah, Christian Cage, just to kind of wrap this all up in a bow, freaking love Christian Cage in this promo. Was it botched a bit? Yeah. Um, but the thing is the thing with botching too, right? I don't mind if people botch as long as they're able to like rebound and they're able to adjust. Like Christian Cage to me, like he was able to really adjust and really get and really evolve into the environment that he was in. And that's what makes Christian Cage that freaking good, bro. Absolutely. And that's, it's, you know, and here's, and here's the thing I'll say about Christian Cage, man. That turtleneck, that that turtleneck just takes him top tier fucking heel status. Like that is like legit major prick, freaking asshole, freaking like I want to punch this dude in the face level. Like that turtleneck. Yeah. Uh, like, Where's the like the jacket over it too? Yeah, yeah. Like whoever whoever thought of I don't know if that was Christian Cage himself, but whoever thought of that idea. Dude, like that, one of the smartest motherfuckers on this planet. <laughs> sure. so, like, dude, that, like, For again, sure. seriously, that, that's, it just screams, that attire itself just screams asshole to me. Like, oh, what? A, <laughs> yeah, what yep. It's like, you ever look at somebody, it's just like, you look at somebody, like, at their attire and the way that they, they come across and they're like, that dude is such a prick, man. <laughs> every day, James. Every day. <laughs> right, every life. single day. <laughs> and as a wrestler, right. and you come across the, like, Christian Cage, like, Oh, this dude is such an asshole, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. But and and that's what I yep. mean. Connecting, being able to to use that notion and connect that to real life, and that's yeah. what makes professional wrestling also so special. And that's why Christian Cage gets it. So, so yeah, Absolutely. that's that's our, like consider that our little mini rant. <laughs> yeah, in regards to that that whole aspect. So, um, yeah, Christian Cage, Wardlow, um. Again, we don't expect Christian Cage to win this title, nor does he need to. Uh, but is he going to? But is it going to be entertain? Is he going to make the match entertaining for what it is? You're damn right. It's he's, he's going to. Yep. Um, does he need Luchasaurus in his corner? Debatable, but I guess because it's Wardlow and Arn Anderson, you want to even up the numbers and that. So I guess, but still, we Brian, you spoke heavily about that. It's just a kind of a weird, just a yeah. weird visual, you know. But again, but outside of all that. Christian Cage, dude. Hey, let, let, let me give this dude a round of applause. Shout out to Christian Cage. And, 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 that, and that promo, one, one of the entertaining segments of the night, seriously. Up next, uh, we have Julia Hart representing the House of Black versus Anna Jay representing the Jericho Appreciation Society. This was a no-holds-barred match. Uh, match time was eight and a half minutes. A decent little no-holds-barred match. Um, I- I'm going to get more into my thoughts about this whole situation in just a second here. But uh, Anna Jay hits a uh, she hits a steel chair at the rampway. So Julia Hart's doing her entrance, and um, Anna Jay attacks Julia Hart from behind with a steel chair, and the match begins. Uh, Anna Jay hits a reverse. It looked like a reverse glam slam, and just slams freaking. Julia Hart's face into a pile of steel chairs onto the uh, on the outside of the ring. Uh, Anna Jay does a roundhouse kick to Julia Hart um, with a steel trash can over her head, um, over Julia Hart's head. Uh, Julia Hart hits a suplex from the top rope onto more chairs, but they legit missed the spot. <laughs> they tried to hit it on the chairs and they completely missed it, um, which kind of sucked. And uh, yeah, it was just it was so. It was so weird. It's like, oh, they're going to land on a bunch of chairs. And no, oh, they missed it. Yeah. Excalibur's trying to play it off 
on commentary. Oh, they just landed on shares. No, 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 no they didn't. No, they didn't. Anybody no, they didn't. who set the vibes can see that they, right. they completely fucking missed. Um, and then Julia Hart, as soon as she hits that suplex, wins the match via she calls it the heartless, uh, heartless submission. Uh, she wins that as Anna J taps out, and Julia Hart stands tall and wins this match. So, uh, Brian, I'll have you start this off, man. Your your thoughts on this no holds barred match between these two ladies? I'll keep this one quick. Um, I mean, it, it was a decent little match, you know, you know heart, or no holds bar between two women out there that we don't normally see, uh, it, you know, competing, at least on Dynamite. Um, so, it, yeah, it was okay. Uh, but, yeah, the, the ending, just missing the chairs, it just really, it. I mean, it just took away from it. Because, uh, I mean, that obviously was the whole spot to win the match and it missed. And they completely missed um, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Eh, that being said, I mean, it was meh. You know, it was okay. It, uh, leading up to that, it actually was a little bit better than I thought it would have been. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was all right. Just yeah, wish they could have hit that spot. It would have right. made it a lot better. Yeah, no, and, that, and that's the thing, because everything up until that spot, it was actually the match was going fine. Yeah. Here's my problem, Brian, and I'll make this short, and I'll, and we'll move on to this, uh, this trio's this good old trios titles match <laughs> coming up next year. Julia Hart is a heel, correct? She's part of. Yep. Isn't Anna Jay a heel as well with the chair? Yeah. Over? So I, I get, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a loose affiliation now with JAS. I don't even know if they're a thing anymore. I don't know. I like what, and that's the thing is like Anna Jay's a part of the JAS. Is is she right? Not? And that's a heel faction. The House of Black and Julia Hart is a heel faction. Can yeah. we put two and two together here? Uh, okay. Right. Oh, but oh, James, they're 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 they were best friends, and now they're bitter rivals. Um, motherfucker, there's a pay per view called Fucking Double or Nothing in, in two weeks. You, you could have saved some suspense for for the fucking pay per view again. Mm. But again, they're heel. This is heel versus heel. So who the fuck is who's cheering for who? This is what I yeah. mean about uh, about shit like this. I, I I'm not on board with it. it it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, was the match okay? It was fine. I don't understand why. Listen, if you want to do a, a feud between Julia Hart and Anna Jay, um, then okay, fine. But don't make them. Somebody's got to be the face, right? Somebody's got to be a fucking face, <laughs> right? And and you gotta like and and what? Oh, were they telling the story on Rampage? Right, so nobody was being able to see it because Rampage is just that fucking garbage. Because again, don't take my word for it. Just look at the numbers and look at the ratings. It's everything you need to know. Um, so yeah, I just I don't. I'm just confused, Brian. It just it it just makes no sense. Um, you have you just, you waste a no holds bar match for a dynamite against two female ladies that are heels. That and and especially especially when there's a pay per view called Double or Nothing in two weeks. No, let's let's yeah. just have the match on the middle of a dynamite that nobody's gonna fucking remember. Uh, well, they're right. probably going to remember because of this how bad that freaking suplex was, that freaking botch was. Um, but yeah, so Julia Hart wins. Okay, great. Anna J loses. I don't know what that does for her at all. It just again makes Julia. I mean, Julia. I mean, I get. I don't know. I I just I can't. I don't. I yeah. don't know, man. It's just sometimes with the Tony Khan and 
the way he books shit, it just leaves me fucking baffled at some, especially when it comes to the women. Um, Same. It makes no freaking sense, man. And Julia Hart, you know, being that with the House of Black, hey, like, I like her being showcased in other female storylines, especially being a part of the House of Black. It just mm-hmm. sucks that the House of Black has been booked like shit. They're, they're on Dynamite one week and then two weeks they're not. And then now they're defending yeah. the titles just to defend the titles. They're, I, again, guys, there's no connection. There's no, there's no reason for you to give a shit about the House of Black. They have their great entrance. They have their great, they have the look and everything. And then, and that's it. When it comes to a story or trying to connect with the, with a crowd outside of that, that's it. And it's no yeah. fault. It's no fault to their own. Um, because, you know, Tony Khan is that fucking clueless of how to book these fucking people. So, and speaking of the House of Black, uh, they face the best friends and and Bandito because Bandito is just yeah. the best friend now. Because um, we got to have Bandito, Brian, on this fucking show. Forget Eddie Kingston. Forget Lance Archer. Forget all of these motherfuckers. Bandito's got to be on the show. We got to see that freaking that that bandana, that the freaking mask and shit. We got it. We just got to see it, bro. We got to do all the flips and dives and then say, okay, goodbye, everybody. See you next week. I'm going to do the same shit. Right. It's it's just enough, bro. Enough. So yeah, uh, this was a trios titles match. This was open house rules, whatever the fuck that means. I I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know what the rules are, nor do I give a fuck. Um, seriously, that that's where I'm at with the House of Black. And again, it's no fault to their own. It's just the way that they've been booked. It's just that piss poor. Um, match time was eight minutes in length. Uh, Trent says before the match, all witches are barred from ringside. <laughs> I guess that was a, a, a rule. In that the, was the stipulation. Uh, stipulation where they can make a rule like a like someone's barred from ringside. Again, I don't know, guys, and nor do I give a shit. It's a yeah. makes sense out of this, honestly. The uh, so the lights were dim for this match since the stip since it was like the the shtick of this match was house rules. It was a house of black type of match, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the match was okay. It was actually not as chaotic as you see a lot of six man tags. This was actually a decent six man tag, at least from what I saw. There wasn't a whole lot of chaos. There wasn't a whole lot of pillar to post. Just everybody jumping all over the place. This was actually a decent six six man tag it was it was slowed down at times and that's and that's where i'm also frustrated with this because again like (laughs) there's no care and effort into these titles nor is house of black and nor is the best friends man i had um and brody king wins this match pin he pins chuck taylor uh for the w um so the house of black win this match i would fucking hope so um you're telling me they're gonna lose the titles to bandito and the best friends yeah please like for fuck's sake. So yeah. I, 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 it's, I don't have much to say, Brian, if you have any of your thoughts about this. Uh, yeah. We've spoken about this before. Like uh, the trios titles are a joke. I, I wish they weren't on house of black. Um, speaking of this house of black tournament. Yeah. Like some of the rules, like there's no rope breaks. Like, you know, you're in a hole you can't get to the ropes and break it. Uh, yeah. I think now they have like a 20 second outside the ring count out or something like that instead of 10. Um, That's that's what I'm, and and that's what I mean by the style of wrestling guys. It's just like the tradition of of professional wrestling is even changing where, Oh, let's just change the rules on the fly. No one's going to freaking care. 
because all they care about is the freaking ooh and the fireworks show and the flips and all these Canadian destroyers and all these freaking these Oku drivers and these Falcon arrows. Like that's that's yeah. all everybody cares about. So let's change up the rules because no one's gonna fucking say anything, Brian. You know, yeah. you know, unlike me or me and you and maybe some other people that are actually intelligent in this fucking community, those are the only people that are going to call it out. So, again, nothing. Yeah, and then to, to the stipulation the best friends made, like to bar or ban all witches from ringside, obviously a reference to Julia Hart and House of Black. Um, but the idea that banning her from the from ringside as, as if she was going to be the reason House of Black, it just I don't know. It, it just didn't make sense. I mean, I think um, they were kind of going with the comedic type of shtick because it's sounds yeah, fun, I guess. So right. That's 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 what I kind of pretty much got out of it. You know, it's the best friend. Yeah, so it, yeah the match was what it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just – the visual, I, like, I don't really mind if, if they're, if they're going to continue the way they're doing the matches with, like, the – just kind of like the spotlight on the ring. I, I kind of like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind that too much, but – other than that, man, the, the whole way they're getting booked with this trio's title is just, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, seriously. Up next, uh, well, after right after the match, Orange Cassidy was attacked backstage by Kyle Fletcher, uh, who was one half of Aussie Open, I believe is a, a tag team of some sort. Um, yeah. I mean, I've heard of them before. Well, where, where do they wrestle at? Brian, do you even know? Um, are is they it in Japan, maybe, or is it? Over I was going to say, are they, they might be in New Japan. That's that's yeah. the that's the first thing I thought of was New Japan. Yeah. But here, I'm going to do my best impression about 90 percent of wrestling fans. Who? Who is this guy? Because <laughs> right. seriously, I'm sure a lot of people are saying that. Like, who the fuck is Kyle Fletcher? Like, and, and that's, that's yeah. I know the tag team Aussie Open, but I didn't know their individual names. Yeah. yeah, and that's maybe my bad, but yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" Right, but here's but here's the thing, Brian. Not a lot of fans like you are are going to know who Aussie Open is. They probably don't know this tag team. They're coming across yeah. AEW. You know, they're not again casual fans, man. I get that there's there's wrestling fans out there that know who these people are, but I'm talking about the casual fans, the casual fans that don't know too much about wrestling. They kind of know, like you know. The, the origins of professional wrestling, right? They come across, they flip their TV screens and they come across somebody like Kyle Fletcher and you introduce him like everybody should just know who the fuck he is. And mm -hmm. I, that pisses me off. WWE, yeah, yeah, I, I, I spoke heavily about this uh, on Monday Night Raw, especially with NXT talents making their debuts, right? The way, right? The way of NXT, the way of NXT. Johnny Gargano, right? Candice LeRae, uh, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. Of course, we know who those individuals are, but are people going to know the tag, the the team, the faction? No, because right. we're over at NXT, and not a lot of people watch NXT. Just like a lot of people don't watch people like Aussie Open, like a tag team in that aspect that wrestle that wrestle. I don't know somewhere overseas or somewhere in New Japan. They're not going to know that. So right. like, oh snap! Here's here's Kyle Fletcher. I guess I should just know who this freaking guy is. Where's the connection being built? That's yeah. my problem. So who is going to give a fuck? Yeah. Crazy concept, right? It's crazy. Oh my god, man! It's just and that, that's that's it. That's that's really all I got. I got to say, guys. Kyle Fletcher attacks Orange Cassidy. I guess he's going to go after the the uh, what the AEW International Title. 
So yeah, so there's so there's your there's your there there's another international title match, Brian. Freaking Fletcher and Orange Cassidy next week. It's gonna start. It's gonna start off freaking dynamite next week. Wow. Oh no oh, doubt, just no doubt. Him. He's kicking off the show. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then uh, before we get into the main event, um, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, they all all throughout the night were cutting like little mini promos, little segments. Um, you know of their backstory leading up to their match for Double or Nothing. Um, so. Nothing heavily produced in regards to the world heavyweight title this week. Just, a, you know, kind of pretty much just filler. Um, yeah. There's really nothing much to talk about that. Uh, Brian, if you have any thoughts in regards to the promos that were cut uh, between all these four men. Not really. I mean, there, there was uh, probably that the funniest line, or of course, MJF, um, where he says, like us, you know, the, the four pillars, we're like the Beatles, right? And Sammy, you're like Ringo, like wildly talented. But what, what do you say? Uh, wildly talented, but incredibly stupid. Uh, just funny, <laughs> yeah. man, the way he delivered it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as far as the rest of them, yeah, it was all, they all had their own little vignette with their backstory and, and things like that. Um, yeah, not much more to say about that. I mean, if, we, we spoke about it before, like, MJ, MJF is, is up here. Sammy might be right here, and then Darby and Jack still down here somewhere. Yeah. So th- there's a, a MJF even mentioned it in his promo. Like that's a fact, man. And he's th- there's, just, there's a wide gap there's between like, MJF and wrong. the rest of them. There's not. Th- yeah, he, no, he's, he's not wrong. He told no lies at all because, like, that's that's yep. legit the the reality. There is a large gap between MJF and the rest of these three men, and that's why yeah. I don't get this freaking match at all because they still they're still development that needs for all of three of those men. I mean, Sammy Guevara, like you mentioned too, Brian, like there's, there's something that, that, that has eclipsed him over jungle boy and Darby Allen. Yeah. You know, um, but still the gap between MJF and, and all three, it's, it's, it's a pretty wide margin. Absolutely. Um, so again, but we're getting this, this fatal four way match. I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to deliver and put on a decent match. I'm sure that that's 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 no that's not going to be any doubt in anybody's minds. But is it needed? Absolutely not. And the timing of it all, Brian, is just it's just odd and it just doesn't make sense. But we'll talk more yeah. about that. I'm sure we'll see what they have in store uh, for next week on Dynamite and uh, leading up into Double or Nothing. And then, guys, the main event of Dynamite. This was Kenny Omega. Versus John Moxley inside a steel cage. Match time from bell to bell was 16 minutes in length. Uh, right before, as Kenny, right as Kenny Omega is is walking down the rampway, of course, alongside Don Callis, uh, uh, Brian Danielson is on commentary. Uh, Moxley just runs straight after freaking Omega. Um, again. I like that aspect of Mox, but I feel like we see that a lot with wrestlers. Like, oh, like let's just start the fight at the rampway, which has a place, especially as a place with a character like Moxley. But again, you see something so many times. It's just like, oh, yeah. okay, here we go. It's like we saw this last week, the same type of concept, right? So stuff like that kind of just gets redundant. Again, AEW just needs to watch with stuff like that, just not making something that that that's that kind of just redundant to the point where it's almost getting stale. I mean, because yeah. you don't just see it from Mox. You see it from a lot of people. Um, so I just had to point that out. But again, yeah, Brian Danielson is on commentary. 
the BCC and the Young Bucks, they get involved early in this match. They start brawling up on the stage, the crowd, and then their fight continues backstage somewhere um, or somewhere in the arena or some, somewhere. Um, and then finally the match starts. Um, Omega, um, you know, they come blow to blow to start the match off. He throw <laughs> Omega throws like a barbed wire steel chair to Mox's face. He just chucks it in this, chucks it to this motherfucker. Um, and this is where it starts to get gruesome as we kind of expected it to be, especially being a John Moxley match. Um, so Omega throws that barbed wire steel chair. Omega, th- uh, Moxley then, so they're at the, they're at the turnbuckle and the camera, there's a, there was a cameraman, uh, or cameraman that was in the ring in, in a shot of the match. And it was, it was them right at the turnbuckle. Frickin' Mox throws Omega into that camera lens, and then Mox gives it a nice little kiss for good measure. <laughs> I thought that was pretty freaking. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, Moxley delivers a suplex from the top rope on onto that barbed wire steel chair, that same steel chair, and then then and then Mox just and during commercial break, Moxley starts he starts unscrewing the turnbuckles. And unscrewing the ring rope, like this is where everything just starts going freaking haywire, but but in a very entertaining and chaotic way possible. Um, yeah. So he starts unscrewing the turnbuckles, and now all the ring ropes and the ring is just kind of coming apart. Um, Mox brings out um, freaking steel glass or like broken glass and just dumps it onto the freaking ring. Uh, Moxley applies a sleeper to Omega. And does a, and Omega does a backdrop to Mox onto that broken glass. I mean, there is no freaking there is no boundary that freaking Moxley just won't step over. To. Yeah, I mean, well, freaking man. And I guess again, I guess that's what makes John Moxley John Moxley, and why we freaking love to do. I mean, there is no there is no ceiling that this dude will not push over, and that and that includes legit guys slamming himself onto broken glass. <laughs> Is this, they show the visual of his back just being freaking just torn apart and just yep. bloodied up and everything. Um, Omega delivers a B-trigger to Mox up against the cage, and the cage just collapse. Like, that side of the steel cage just collapse. All the momentum from Kenny Omega's V-trigger collapse, and then Omega takes, like, a nasty fall. I thought this dude was going to get – I thought this dude was, like, seriously hurt for a second. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> But Omega took more of the blunt of that fall than John Moxley did, because at least the Moxley, the cage, the way the cage fell, at least the cage kind of broke his fall. Where Omega was just like <laughs> completely up in the ropes, a nasty yeah. freaking landing. Um, so that was pretty gruesome. There, that was like the big freaking set or the big freaking spot um, of the match. And then that's and this is where it gets interesting. Uh, John Moxley brings out the the screwdriver, like that's been like the the big tool, like the big little, uh, uh, what, what, like, what, like, what do you call it, Brian? Uh, the weapon they've been using. The weapon, yeah. Really like, to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the weapon, but like the little, uh, like the, the, the storytelling of it all is like the screwdriver because it took out Hangman as well as Takeshi right, and right. others. So Moxley brings out that same screwdriver and Don Callis gets involved. He takes away that freaking, uh, he takes away that screwdriver. He's in the ring because the freaking ring is a, the entire steel cage just collapsed or one side of it just collapsed. So we can just enter the ring. Um, so yeah, he gets involved. He takes away that, that screwdriver. Omega takes advantage of the distraction um, with a V trigger 
and then hits the one-winged angel, goes for the cover, and Don Callis stabs freaking Omega with that freaking screwdriver that he took from Moxley, stabs Omega over the head with that screwdriver in hand as Don Callis legit turns his back on Omega and the freaking elite man. This dude has legit turned on Omega. Um, Freaking Brian Danielson is just smiling from ear to ear. He just loves what he's witnessing right now. And uh, John Moxley then just crawls into the cover for the one, two, three. And John Moxley wins this steel cage match as Don Callis is standing tall over, over Omega, a really pretty cool little visual. Again, uh, you know, the kind of making the notion that, you know, this is a guy that's kind of almost like a father figure pretty much to Omega. Um, or like, I think they call him like almost like an uncle. They call him like uncle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty again, like someone like a, that's family. Right. And, and yeah. now here you have Don Callis and we, we had a feeling this was coming. Right. And we spoke about this for weeks and they yep. pulled the trigger. They pulled the trigger and Don Callis officially turns his back on Kenny Omega and the elite in the process. Again, Brian Danielson is just loving what he's seeing. Um, Don Callis, he's about to stab Omega again in the head. And then he decides not to. He throws the the screwdriver away and he whispers something to Omega while Omega's pretty much just like, pretty much half dead. (laughs) Um, And and then he just throws him to the the floor like he's a piece of garbage. And yeah, Don Callis walks off. I wish the camera view was more on Don Callis than it was Mox to end the show. I get Mox won the match, but obviously the story here is more of Don Callis and his relationship as of right now with Omega as that has completely just went fucking haywire within a amount of seconds. And yeah, Don Callis walks off, Moxley stands victorious, and John Mox, or excuse me, Kenny Omega, I should say, is left in a puddle of his own blood. And AEW Dynamite goes off the air. Man, that is probably, before I send this off to you, Brian, because I got a lot more to say about this, Probably one of the best endings I can remember from AEW in months. Guys, how many times have we seen this show and this company just end the night off with just a match or just like, like that's it. Just a great freaking match. Yeah. Hardly any cliffhangers, hardly anything to gravitate towards heading into next week. And guys, finally, Finally, what feels like for fucking years, Tony Khan actually decided to get creative and get his creative juices flowing and actually end the show with some fireworks, with with some entertaining shit that does no harm to Kenny Omega in defeat. And it does wonders for Don Callis, as well as the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club, may I add. Um, yep. Solid. Very freaking solid. Um, again, I, I just want to give some cheers for this. Thank you, Tony. Absolutely. Was that so fucking hard to do? I'm, I'm going to repeat that. Was that so fucking hard to do? That that's all you need to do. That's all we freaking. Yeah. That's all we ask for. Just get, give us something that's that's entertaining and that's and, and a cliffhanger to end your show that we can get excited about next week. That's all we ask for, man. We're not asking you to move mountains. 
We're not asking you to be perfect. Just make things make sense and make things entertaining. And that's it, bro. Thank you. Thoughts about this man? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, to end the show, I agree with you, man. Um, one of the best endings to an AEW show that we've seen in quite some time. Um, good match. Yeah, I mean, shit. What, what's it been, about two, three weeks since we've seen Moxley bleed? So he's about due, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, and yeah, so yeah, the story here is definitely Omega and Callus. And um, the Moxley bleeding joke never gets. <laughs> I see right. some of the memes and shit, it's just funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of the way it went off, it kind of seemed like you know, Danielson was stunned that it was happening. So we don't know if if Callus is aligning with the BCC. You know, he, he grabbed Omega, kind of whispered something in his ear. Um, so yeah, there's still obviously is still they're still telling that story, but it's going to be interesting to see because it wasn't really clear why he did it, and I mean it's not like he embraced yeah. Mox or, or Danielson or anything like that. So right, um, we'll see. I, I you know I, I was trying to think of a way. I don't know that this would make sense because because at the time Omega was winning the match, right? Um, but I was just thinking, you know, that he didn't hit him the second time and whispered something into his ear. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Is it a possibility that this still could all be one big swerve by Omega and Callis? Yeah, maybe. Um, but I think it's a pretty good storytelling. And so, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. And hopefully we get an explanation from Callis, you know, and not do what WWE does with Brock and just, you know, <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have him turn on Omega, but we don't know why. Tom <laughs> Callis isn't gonna say shit. Tom's <laughs> not saying shit. You're right. We're gonna play this. We're gonna play this guessing game of, of Don Callis. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so good idea of the show, man. And and yeah, a, a lot of stuff tonight. I mean, there was some. I actually with the show overall, the show was pretty good. I my issue was more with the AEW crowd overall, but there was a lot of good stuff in this show, man. Um, so yeah, it's. Baby steps, like we've said, man. Exactly, exactly. And again, Tony Khan, was this so fucking hard to do? Seriously, right. Was this, it, it took you like, again, it took you this long for months. It, again, and Brian, it feels like years since we've started this podcast. Yeah. How many times we've said about just get us interested in the following week and leading up into yep. the pay-per-view. That's all we ask for. Make us give a shit. Right. And, and, and it leads to possibilities, like you mentioned, of where this could possibly lead to. So, yeah, I mean, I'm on board. I'm intrigued to see what, what happens with with Don Callis and uh, and Omega. Um, you know, shoot, freaking sign me up, man. Let's fucking go. Yeah, um, sure. And a decent yep. steel cage match, may I add. Again, yeah, Kenny Omega, because of the story, does not hurt Kenny Omega taking a loss. John Moxley and the BCC, they continue to, to look freaking dominant um, and, to, and to continue to have to actually, they feel like a legit threat and everybody freaking wins. And that's yep. how you book motherfuckers, guys. That's Absolutely. what I mean, man. You don't just put wrestler A and wrestler B and just have a match and we're like, okay, what the fuck did that do for anybody? So yeah. that's all we ask for, man. Just make things make sense. And make us as fans, right? 
because even though you know, got I know we're our standards are high. You know, we want to we're we're very sometimes I guess critical and harsh when it comes to both WWE and AEW. But sure. Day man, we're fans, man. We just want to see the best product that this that both of these companies have to offer at the end of the day, and that's why we have this platform, and, and that's why we we have this show because we want to be a voice of this community to say, hey, Tony Khan, this shit, do more of this because it's helping your company. It's right. like, like, statistically metrics and everything is proving that it's not just our opinion, right? We, we voice about this because it's actually helping the product because that's what the foundation is of professional wrestling. And, 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 and I promise you, I promise you, Tony Khan, like, Fuck these hardcore, I don't want to say fuck them. They're, they're, they got their place and they're all whatever. We're all a wrestling community, wrestling exactly. fans, whatever. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, this will improve your company. Storytelling will improve your company, period. Mm-hmm. It, like, it doesn't, Yeah. you know, granted, there's, you know, is it a good story? Is it a bad story? Is it in between? Whatever. If you just start having three, four storylines within a show. Uh, you can still have your one-off flippy-divey match and whatever. Yeah, there's a place but for if that. you have storylines and build feuds and build characters, the viewers will come. They exactly. will come. Exactly. And, and, and Brian, yeah. I'm glad, and I'm glad you made that point as well. There's a place for stuff like this, guys. There's a place yeah. for people like the Top Flights and the Ray Phoenix. But the majority of your show, guys, especially when it comes to AEW Dynamite, and storytelling, like, that's it. Storytelling. It's telling the story, yeah. making people interested in a in a story, in a feud, and want to see the pay-per-view and what's to come in the near future. You can still have yeah. your bangers. There's still a place for that. We're not yeah. saying throw that away. There's a place for that. We want everybody to enjoy the product, you know, because, again, everybody's different. I understand. But the, the, the foundation of what made professional wrestling special shouldn't just be thrown away. And that's the problem. Right. That notion of professional wrestling for a while, especially for this company, Brian, has been thrown away. And yeah, yeah. The notion about, that's oh, what it feels like. These, all these freaking, all these fans are just chanting, this is awesome for a decent to subpar freaking flippity dive match. Let me just keep putting them, keep putting them on. I'm listening to the fans. Look at me. I'm Tony Khan. But, Again, Tony, yep. sometimes like you have to do what's best for your company and you have yeah. to read the room and that's it. But doing shit like Absolutely. this, continue to do it, please. Because yeah. this is where this is where ratings start to show and improvements start to show. And who knows if that I, I, I believe ratings came out, I believe today. I'll have to go check the ratings out and see if there was any improvement this week and hopefully it stays consistent, you know, cause that's another thing about wrestling fans. Oh, this was a great week of in ratings. They went up by this, this many hundred thousands of viewers. And then they'll just go right back to where they started to the three weeks. Ago. You know, you know what Tony and AEW can do. If you want to test this theory out and you're, you're doing this brand split thing or, or whatever it is. Okay, cool. So make one of your shows just nothing but flippy diving matches with no storyline and whatever, and then make your other show mm-hmm. storyline driven with legit feuds and characters and whatever, and you see which one succeeds. Yeah, I mean we we talk about like the rampage and and AEW doing like some type of a a brand split or something or like keeping yeah. people on separate brands. 
I mean, because again, they have enough titles to do that. I mean, there's so many <laughs> right. titles in this freaking company now. Because um, yeah, because again, because there's also the notion: where are you fitting all these people on these shows? There's, yep. there's way too many fucking people. So yeah, but yeah, just to wrap this all up, guys. Um, definitely, improvements are starting to finally, finally show. Yep, yep. I don't know if that's Tony Khan just finally starting to get it. Um, or maybe somebody's in his ear, like, Hey, you need to cut the shit. You actually need to do X, Y, and Z. I don't know what he's doing, but it's, it's working and it shows, um, yep. you know, and like you said, Brian, baby steps or baby steps with this company, because we know how horrible these shows have been for months and weeks. And now finally you're starting it's hope, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, yeah. You watch this out of, out of habit and hope as well as WWE. Um, and we're going to continue to do so because we're passionate about it. We love it. And we want to see this continue to get better. And the way that AEW is going about business right now, who's to say that they cannot continue this momentum? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ruthless Talk. This was AEW Dynamite, uh, May 10th, 2023, live in Detroit. Michigan. Um, as you can see, we're not wearing headsets because if you guys know, and I spoke about this on the Monday Night Raw review, that was audio format only. We had a little bit of a uh, little bit of technical difficulties, but hey, you know what? The, the show must go on, right? So here we are. Right. We're making stuff work. Um, and, you know, it is what it is at the end of the day. So, um, you know, all this stuff will, will, will get resolved and everything. Um, but, you know, but we appreciate you guys. Um, for all your, you know, just understanding and everything, you know, you guys are awesome. You know, you know, for, for everybody that's been here since we first started, uh, for people on our Instagram, as well as our TikTok and our, in our Facebook group, uh, we want to appreciate you guys, um, in. and again, we apologize for, again, we recorded a show and then just everything, the finished products and just, just how went it was to published, shit. just went to just absolute shit. Exactly. Brian. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Continue us to, to continue to follow us. I can speak to follow us on our social media. Uh, that is on our Facebook page, um, our Facebook group. Um, we are getting close to that 70 member mark. Hopefully, you know, hey, let's spread the word, man. Let's let's get that number up as well as follow yep. us on our Instagram and our uh, TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. A lot of content is over um, over on those platforms. Speaking of Instagram, guys, we just reached over 250 followers on Instagram. Again, guys, thank Very you to nice. everyone who has smashed that follow button, that has smashed every like button. Uh, continue to spread the word about our Instagram page as well. Let's continue to raise that that 250 all the way up to 300, man. Um, it's really awesome to see that, uh, that this community is continuing to grow by the day and by the week. Um, it's so awesome to see that. Um, as well as, you know, continue to uh, stay tuned for more episodes, um, as well as for this Saturday for SmackDown. Um, unfortunately, you know, being, you know, it's Mother's Day weekend. Um, so in that aspect, to piggyback off that, Brian will not be able to do that episode for this weekend. So your boy is once again going to go solo uh, for that SmackDown review. And then me and Brian will both be back uh, once again for Monday Night Raw. Uh, this coming Tuesday uh, for that Monday Night Raw review uh, in regards to the World Heavyweight Championship and that whole freaking mess, as well as back <laughs> here next week on Thursday. And then once again, back uh, the following week 
uh, for another SmackDown review. Of course, you know, more talk about NXT as well as, you know, who knows, um, you know, I'm sure more stories in regards to ticket sales with Wembley Stadium, um, as well as maybe some other stuff that's going on in the professional wrestling world. But we're all going to be here. We're both going to be here to cover it all. Um, there's a lot yep. of stuff going on the next two weeks, especially AW Double or Nothing. We have um, NXT Battleground, them going head-to-head -head the same day, as well as Night of Champions. So lots to cover, lots to go over. And yeah, man, we are going to have a blast doing so. Uh, Brian, your final thoughts before we end this. Yeah, just a shout out to AEW, uh, Tony Khan. You know, they've, they've uh, you know, been improving here. Um, there's some, some, like you said, there's some, some things to be hopeful for. And uh, and kudos to the Wembley thing, man. Um, Absolutely, man. I, I don't know, you know, going in, you know, from their last pay per view, and that's why everybody was so skeptical because the reports were they were struggling to sell out ten thousand, you know, yeah. ten thousand tickets. Yeah. Um. So kudos to him for betting on himself, man. And and, and where they've already won as far as that goes. They oh, absolutely. Expect, they won. You know, exceeded my expectations, and yeah. and everything from here is just uh, icing on the cake, man. So absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, great no, job, was, and, and hopefully yeah. the, the show is uh, worthy of it. Mm -hmm. For sure, and we'll talk a lot more about that as well leading up to the summer to see how that build is going to be for weeks yep. to come. So uh, that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And we are both signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody. Yeah.